This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A weekend that included a Mets no-hitter also included a game where Max Scherzer allowed three home runs. And spoiler alert... The Mets won both those games. Not too long ago, the Mets might have pitched a no-hitter and somehow lost, because, you know, Mets. Seems like that narrative, though, is quickly getting taken to the waste bin. The New York National League Ball Club of this year wins when their ace allows three bombs, and they pitch no-hitters even when it takes four relievers to help do it. A happy weekend recap is coming up Mets next. in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing While coffee is brewing now Here's Josh Lewin What a great weekend for the first place New York Metropolitans It may have been even greater if Kyle Schwarber Was on, say, the Kansas City Royals or something But despite Schwarber teeing off yet again on the Mets It was another series win Mets 7 for 7 in that regard Sunday's big story was Dom Smith going four for four, and he had plenty of support as the Mets win the Sunday finale by the final of 10 to 6. Josh Lewin with you. So basic storylines coming into the series having nothing to do with combined no-hitters or far how ahead in first place the Mets are these days. Let's talk about those Bruise Brothers, a team that got plunked by 19 pitches in the first 20 games of the year and was not real thrilled about it. The Reds of last year set the big league record with 105 HBPs absorbed. The Mets were on pace to beat that by 50 heading into the weekend. Individually, the modern record for hit-by-pitchers in a season, you might know, belongs to Ron Hunt. Before he became a Met, he did that with the Montreal Expos 50 times he was hit in 1971. Pete Alonso and Starling Marte may have got some work to do if they want to match that, but both are on pace for around 40 And remember, just four years ago, Brandon Nimmo had 22 pitches run too far in on him. 22 is the current franchise record, and Jeff McNeil falling one short of that himself in 2019. The Mets did have a meeting with MLB official Morgan Sword. Is in that thing you fall on to take the pressure off someone else, a sword. That's so great that Rob Manfred sends a guy actually named Sword to run this meeting, but it was reportedly a very good meeting, hashing out some ideas about how to keep not just the Mets, but everyone safer when in the batter's box. Maybe there'll be some sort of accepted grip material in place before the end of the season, kind of an on-deck circle for pitchers, so to speak. But make no mistake, all around the majors, players are talking about this thing, the balls on these guys. I mean, mean the the balls are what these guys are, are talking about. Hitters hate the baseballs. That is true. Uh, I mean, it has nothing to do with even getting hit by them. It's just that offense is down. It's down by about 10%, and the hitters are insisting that MLB must be overcorrecting for the juiced ball season of 19. MLB says, no, that's, that's not true. Pitchers are hating the baseballs because of what we've heard from Chris Bassett, for example. It's just tougher with the new regulations to grip 
a new slicker baseball. For what it's worth, the Mets, uh, for the most part, have been ahead of the curve offensively, although I know it sure didn't feel like it at the start of the series. Four runs scored in two games. Eric Chavez, a new hitting coach, preaches what he calls the 95-and-a-walk approach, which is get one exit velo a night of 95-plus, get me a walk, and everything's going to take care of itself. Kind of like that message. I mean, 95-plus off the bat doesn't guarantee a home run or even a single. just means you hit the ball hard, and usually good things happen when you do. Uh, the Mets were, I think, searching for something along the lines of a middle ground in terms of a hitting approach. They cycled through hitting coaches and philosophies the last several years. Kevin Long left after 2017. There was tension last year. Chili Davis and Tom Slater got let go last May. Hugh Quattlebaum comes in, had the very analytic mind bent. And that style didn't completely mesh with a lot of the players. A lot of them wondering if advanced meetings were getting overloaded with what Pete Alonso called extra fluff. And I think Chavez is sensitive to the needs of the hitters, but he's also a, quote, analytics guy. What he did when he got to spring training, which is kind of simple genius, is he just went around individually and asked, what kind of learner are you? Do you want a lot of information? Do you want a little information? Do you want no information? There are many ways to skin a cat. I hate that expression, too. Why not many ways to pet your dog? Or there are many ways to style your hair. Never understood why we got to bring cat shaving into the conversation here. But anyway, uh, individual lesson plans. I think that's the way to go for the hitters. And we've established baseballs themselves. Yeah, that's a storyline at the dawn of the weekend. Uh, I think that the Mets' still miraculous pitching should be a storyline as well. Although, you know what? I'm going to pause again. Scratch miraculous. Announcers love to call things miraculous. Seldom are things actually miraculous when we're talking about stuff like this. When someone rises from the dead... That is miraculous. When a baby falls out of a ninth-story window and lands on a flatbed hauling marshmallows, that is miraculous. But anyway, point is, Mets starting pitching especially has been tremendous. It would get tested, or so we thought, by a Phillies team that had just won four straight, averaging eight runs a game in the process. you got your Schwarber, got your Hostins, got your Real Muto. Gene Segura's got the best batting average against the Mets of anyone over the last three years. Nick Castellanos, always capable of going, shall we say, deep to left or center or right for that matter. And the two-time MVP, Bryce Harper, who's been perfect to help rekindle this once very intense New York-Philly rivalry. Giants-Eagles, Rangers-Flyers, Mets and Phillies. When Chase Utley left, it was like, who's going to be the villain that comes in and twirls the curly mustache and cackles? That's Bryce Harper. You've got the the seeds of the rivalry, I think, for a lot of people around my age, and my age now starts with a five, but go back to September 27 of 1989, Mets and Phillies and the Mets' home finale at Shea that year. 89 was a disappointing Mets season. The Mets had won the division in 88, but they were in third place September 27th of 89, and former Met Roger McDowell was closing out the win for the Phillies, two outs in the ninth. They got Greg Jeffries to ground out to end the game. Jeffries was running out the play. McDowell and Jeffries got into it. Jeffries charged McDowell. The benches cleared. Punches were exchanged. The brawling continued the next year. There was a game in August at Shea. Doc Gooden hit Dickie Thon and Tommy Herr. Gooden came to bat in the fifth, and Pat Combs hit Gooden in the knee with a fastball. Doc charged the mound and tackled a really big kid from Texas, was Pat Combs. Went to Baylor, as I recall. Uh, Darren Dalton followed Gooden out there, landed a series of punches on the back of Doc's head. Daryl Strawberry had been in the clubhouse. He rushed the field after Dalton 
uh, trying to get at him, but he was blindsided by Von Hayes. So uh, on and off the next 30-plus years, the Mets and Phillies have found reasons to not like each other, from slow home run trots to fastballs up and in to shortstops named as Drupal. We, we put all that in the blender as the Mets began the homestand Friday. And by the end of this weekend, by the way, the Mets would be halfway done with the Phillies on their schedule for the year by May 1st. That is a weird schedule. But Tyler McGill on the mound Friday, and all that happened was the second no-hitter in 60 years of Mets baseball. He did have help at four horsemen riding in the battle out of that bullpen in a game that saw the Mets throw 159 pitches and walk six batters. But not a single Philly got a hit as the Mets had rolled up a 3-0 lead. Into the ninth, Edwin Diaz's slider was moving like a boxer ducking a punch. And Howie Rose was at the mic to bring it home on WCBS. Diaz looking into McCann. Diaz brings the hands together. The 0-2 pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. He got him with a slider. Put it in the box. Five Mets pitchers have combined to no-hit the Philadelphia Phillies. It is the second no-hitter in Mets franchise history. This one takes a village, but they get it done. And they're celebrating out in front of home plate. All of the Mets clad in their black jerseys for the first time this year. Jumping on top of each other. Jumping up and down. It's now a little bit more subdued celebration. They're not piling in from the bullpen as they did for Santana's no-hitter 10 years ago, but they know what they've accomplished. It's a rarity in baseball history, and for only the second time in now what is the 61st season that the New York Mets have been in existence, they have pitched a no-hitter. They have both taken place here at City Field, a complete game no-hitter by Santana against the St. Louis Cardinals, and now... Tyler McGill, Drew Smith, Joely Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, and Edwin Diaz, five of them combined to no-hit the Philadelphia Phillies, the team that came into this game having scored more runs than any team in the National League. Congratulations to the New York Mets, the second no-hitter in franchise history. Diaz gets it done by striking out the side in the ninth. The final score... On an historic night at City Field, the New York Mets three, the Philadelphia Phillies nothing. How great is all that? Mention the Edwin Diaz slider. When it is on, it is so good. And that's a theme in this rotation. Slugging percentages this year against Mets sliders. And these are all slugging percentages, not batting averages. Against Diaz, it's 190. Carrasco, 200. David Peterson, 087. McGill, 077. Bassett, 056. And coming in a Sunday anyway against Scherzer, 0-50. The Phillies, the the team that employed maybe the best slider guy of all time, Steve Carlton, well, they got slidered to death Friday night, and they got no hit. Second ever Mets no-hitter, 17th combined no-hitter in Major League history. Here's Diaz after the game with Wayne Randazzo. All right, Howie, with Edwin Diaz. Edwin, did you even know that there was a no-hitter when you went into the mound? Yes, I knew. And by the seventh inning, because I like to see who I'm facing, so I saw the scoreboard zero, zero, zero. But I, I stayed quiet. I just prepared myself to come in the ninth inning to attack those hitters and get the three outs. Your slider looked incredible tonight. How do you know when your slider is really working the way you want it to? You know, in the bullpen, when I'm warming up in the bullpen, even here in the mound, I got my slider down and away. I know it's good. That's why I keep throwing it. I was spawning my fastball a little bit in the sun. 
do those guys to see my fastball? My side was incredible tonight. No, the combined no-hitter, a lot of different pitchers have to go through it. Well, for you to be the last one, what was what a moment like that like for you to close out a game like this to be a no-hitter? You know, it's a, a little bit of pressure because I'm the last guy there, so I don't want to get the base. But at the same time, I got to make pitches, so I stay calm, make my pitch, and we got the good result. And what was this crowd like for you to have it behind you tonight and really cheering you on here with everything on the line for that no-hit pit? You know, back on, we, we got the pitch coming to me, hey, we use, we use sign tonight because we be loud, loud. So, you know, I just prepared myself to get, came in the night and get the three out, and we, we got lucky today. We, you know, thanks God, we got the three out, and get, we got, we're going to celebrate now. Have you ever been part of a no-hitter like this? No, never in my life. So congratulations. Good job out there, and go enjoy it with your teammate. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, yeah, four relievers and McGill get the no-hitter. And by the way, on that same night, Double-A Binghamton had three pitchers combined for a one-hit shutout with a walk and 14 strikeouts. Not bad. Anyway, 3-0 Mets was the Friday final. It made the Mets a major league best, 15-6 and six at that point. That brings us to Saturday. Crowd of 40,000. Francisco Lindor bobble gnomes given out. An orange sunset. There was, in the words of England Dan and John Ford, a warm wind blowing the stars around. But this time it was the Phillies using a whole batch of pitchers to get it done. Four to one, the unhappy final, as Kyle Gibson and five relievers allowed just four med hits total, not a single one of them leaving the infield. So the Mets basically following a parade and a fireworks show Friday with a documentary about loose-leaf notebook paper on Saturday. And that kind of stuff happens. Lindor scoring the game's only run on a fielder's choice. or Actually, Lindor responsible, I should say, for the game's only run, getting the RBI on the fielder's choice. Brandon Nimmo was the guy that hustled home from third. But two-run home run by Kyle Schwarber got the Phillies in front. Now, Schwarber had been 0-for-14 with seven punches against the Mets this year. But remember, he's good for a home run, once a series at least. 11 homers in his last 11 games against the Mets. From the guy who looks like he pulls up tree stumps for a living. Reese Hoskins later added a home run off Adam Ottavino. It just wasn't a real electric night. Taiwan Walker, returning from an 18-day absence, though, he looked great. He went five innings, allowed only a couple of hits, only struck out one, but he looked fine. And... Uh, we mentioned he wasn't a losing pitcher. That was Ottavino. The winning pitcher, James Norwood, and therein lies a tale. Those are both New York guys. A little bit of trivia there. First time he had a winning and losing pitcher in a game, both from New York City. Since August of 98, John Frascatore of Queens beating John Franco of Brooklyn when the Cardinals beat the Mets in St. Louis. James Norwood was born and raised in Manhattan, went to high school in the Bronx. He was actually pitching a big league game within the five boroughs for the first time in his career. Ottavino, born in Manhattan, he grew up in Brooklyn. One lousy note from this game, too. Reliever Sean Reed Foley left the game with a right elbow issue. He had discomfort, went to the MRI tube, Maybe the Mets won't have to make a decision today on who to send out with the rosters getting closed down by one pitcher per team. We will monitor. So the 4-1 loss, meaning the Mets closed April at 15-7. and It was a very good April for both New York baseball teams. The Yankees were an American League best 15-6. and The Mets won 15-7, and best in the National League. The only other year where the Mets and Yankees, in either order, entered May with the major's two best records was, of all years, 1986, and this year was just the fifth time both the teams entered May in first place. Last time was 2015. That is another good sign. So we get you ready now 
for the Sunday night ESPN finale. Scherzer against not Zach Wheeler, but Zach Eflin. Yeah, a little night music. Scherzer struck out the side in the first inning on only 12 pitches, but it became 1-0 Philly in the top of the second because of who else? Kyle Schwarber, now at 12 home runs in his last 12 games against the Mets at this point. Lefties had been over their last 25 against Max. That Mets came right back. Bottom of the second inning, Escobar, nine-pitch at bat, he's singled. Dom Smith, seven-pitch at bat, a single. Marte, 7 of 11, lifetime against Zach Elfin, six extra base hits. Now settled for an RBI fielder's choice, it was one to one. Guillaume, a booming double to bring home the go-ahead run. No James Harden beard, no problem. But top of the fourth, Moore Schwarber waited on a changeup, and he went down on one knee to belt it out to right center, making 13 homers in his last 12 games against the Mets. Two-run shot, 3-2 Philly. Schwarber might be the new Chase Utley. That's 13 homers in the last two years against the Mets. No one else has eight. At this point, uh, everybody is waiting for this guy to leave town. But uh, anyway, bottom of the fourth, again, it was Escobar. This time, first pitch single, no nine-pitch thing. Dom Smith following with another great at bat. He ripped a devil into the right field corner. Escobar all the way around to tie the game. Dom had come in hitting 167, was hearing whispers about his place on the roster. Heck of a response from him in this game. Bottom of the fifth, second, and third for Pete Alonso. Just one extra base hit in his last 47 ABs. Over 14 with men on base in that time. They walked him intentionally to get to Escobar. And, uh, well, he was already two for two. In comes Jose Alvarado, who had struck him out just the night before with the bases loaded in the fifth inning. Same exact scenario here. This time a pass ball on JT Realmuto gets a run in, makes it four to three. The catcher crossed up and the Mets take the lead. Escobar did strike out again, by the way. So in theory, good move from Joe Girardi, but the damage done on, of all things, a passed ball. And then more Dom Smith magic. Base hit up the middle, two runs in. At this point, three for three, three ribeyes for Dom. Later, he'd add another single to make it a clean four for four. This is a man who does not want to go to Syracuse. Well, you had Bryce Harper with a bomb off Scherzer after that. So it's now four in for Philly, but the Mets still in control. And Scherzer's final line, six innings, five hits, three of them leaving the yard, four runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. He's undefeated in his last 24 regular season starts. They'll tack on run in the bottom of the seventh. Alonzo fisting a single in a right to drive one in. Seven of four Mets. Marte, a two RBI knock, make it nine to four. Jeff McNeil with a hit in the bottom of the eighth to make it 10 to four. The squirrel with a four hit night. 361 batting average now. So lots to like in this one, that's for sure. And even though the Phillies got two back in the ninth, the Mets take it by the final of 10 to six. Now, we'll get you ready for what's next regarding your 16 and 7 ball club right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so now here comes Atlanta. The Braves under 500, but the Cavalry is ridden in on that white horse, 
And the Cavalry is a six-foot-tall left fielder, the right-handed hitting dynamo Ronald Acuna Jr. They need his athleticism and power and speed because even though they've had strong starts from Matt Olson and Ozzie Albies and Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna, it's only a middle-of-the-pack offense because Eddie Rosario, last year's playoff hero, started three for 44, and he's now... Three months, perhaps, on the IL to correct blur division. Might explain the three for 44. Uh, meantime, neither Adam Duvall nor Dansby Swanson had cleared the fence entering the weekend. Those guys combined for 65 jacks a year ago. This year, they've combined for what was 55 strikeouts in their first 130 at-bats. Those guys will get better, hopefully not at the Mets' expense. By the way, Ron Washington, one of the great coaches in the game and was rumored to be of interest to the Mets in the offseason managerial search. Ron, the guy that replaced Buck Showalter in Texas. Well, he was part of it when the, the Braves just beat Texas just a few days ago when Ron Washington turned 70 years old. If you're, if you're ever going to use a 70 years young thing on somebody, I would vote for Ron Washington, because that guy still jumps around like a jumping bean. It is a very cool thing to see Ron Washington still in baseball and still being loved the way he is. Solid pitching staff, too, for these guys. Max Fried had a 3.04 ERA last year, got the W in the World Series clincher. Ian Anderson was 3.5 last year. Mike Soroka could come back pretty soon for them. Of course, a, a dominant bullpen adds Kenley Jansen at 341 saves the last decade to lead all of baseball. You got games against the Braves this week, tonight at 7-10, two games tomorrow, one of them at 3-10, the other at 7-10. Please make that note on your calendar. And Wednesday, we always point out when there's a matinee getaway game, it is a 1-10 start on Wednesday. So there you go. The Monday morning podcast as a calendar has now flipped to May. Still have time to thank our fabulous Mets in the Morning, always hard at work house band, while your podcast host tears it up out here in Milan for the week, watching Mets games at horrible, inconceivable hours. Your Mets in the Morning house band is just working their, their usual shift. On keyboards, you got Jake Marisnik. Slapping to bass is Jason Vargas. The horn section, Ty Kelly. And the downbeat on the drums provided by Blaine Boyer. This is Josh Lewin. Appreciate you tuning in. It's called Mets in the Morning. We do appreciate if you leave a positive or at least not a negative review. You can leave a neutral one if you want to, but positive is good. And uh, please download, subscribe, as many people as we can get on this train. That is always a good thing going forward. Take it easy. Thanks again. Let's go Mets.